You're listening to the podcast Bible Companion series by author P.H. Thompson. This is a chronological Bible study going chapter by chapter, discovering Christ in all of Scripture. This is Deuteronomy chapter 9, verses 1 to 3, Giants Ahead. Hear, Israel, you are now about to cross the Jordan to go in and dispossess nations greater and stronger than you, with large cities that have walls up to the sky. The people are strong and tall, Anakites. You know about them and have heard it said, Who can stand up against the Anakites? But be assured today that the Lord your God is the one who goes across ahead of you like a devouring fire. He will destroy them. He will subdue them before you, and you will drive them out and annihilate them quickly, as the Lord has promised you. So they've been here before, but as children. Their parents were on the plains of Moab, about to go into the Promised Land. They sent spies ahead of them, and the report from ten out of twelve of them so discouraged them that they refused to go in. And this led to their wilderness wandering for forty years. The thing that they feared most was the prospect of encountering giants in battle. These were the Anakites, also called Anakim. They were descendants of Anak, who came from the Nephilim, the giants who were around before and after the flood. Uh, That's in Numbers 13.33. And these people had a reputation for their height and military power. Compared to them, the Israelites felt like grasshoppers. But Moses had reminded them earlier about another group similar to them who had been defeated by the Edomites because the Lord enabled them. And although they were still there forty years later, they didn't need to fear or wonder how such a feat could be accomplished. Walled cities and large, powerful nations may have intimidated the Israelites, but God was not intimidated. He said he was going ahead of them like a devouring fire to destroy and subdue them, so they could drive them out and annihilate them quickly. They were not to focus on the enemy, but on their God, who was with them and promised to fight for them. A consuming fire destroys everything in its path. See the comments at Deuteronomy 4.24 about fire. He would clear a path, but they would still need to fight. Verses 4-6, to it's not because of you, it's because of him. If they were afraid before they fought their enemies, they needed to beware of pride after they defeated them. And just as they had to be corrected in the previous chapter about presuming their own strength provided their wealth, now Moses warns against drawing the wrong conclusions for their future military victories. After the Lord your God has driven them out before you, do not say to yourself, The Lord has brought me here to take possession of this land because of my righteousness. No, It is on account of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is going to drive them out before you. It is not because of your righteousness or your integrity that you are going in to take possession of their land, but on account of the wickedness of these nations, the Lord your God will drive them out before you to accomplish what he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Understand then that it is not because of your righteousness that the Lord your God is giving you this good land to possess, for you are a stiff-necked people. So D.A. Carson says, It may be 
true to say that the Israelites won uh, because the Canaanites were so evil, but it does not follow that the Canaanites lost because the Israelites were so good. And John Nielsen, in the story, describes it through the analogy of cats and dogs. I want them, and because he hated them, he brought them out in, out to put them to death in the wilderness. But they are your people, your inheritance, that you brought out by your great power and your outstretched arm. Moses may have led them, but he was not able to subdue the superpower of Egypt or to provide for this multitude. That was God. Scarlet Threads So what scarlet threads or hints of Jesus Christ or an application to the Gospel do we find in this chapter? The new generation of Israelites were about to face the same enemy as a generation before, the giant Anakim. Where their parents failed, they were to learn from the hard lesson and the consequences they faced along with them and have faith that God would fight for them as he promised. Each generation of believers faces the same enemies. There is no new temptation or one that cannot be overcome by God's strength. God is a consuming fire. He is still the same today because he is unchangeable. They were not to be proud as if their righteousness was the reason for their military victories. Matthew Henry says, All whom God rejects are rejected for their own wickedness, but none whom he accepts are accepted for their own righteousness. Thus boasting is forever done away. We ought not to think God saved us because we were more righteous, intelligent, or more lovable than others. He saved us solely because of his mercy and grace. Therefore, we shouldn't boast. They had more reason to be ashamed if they'd recall their history. They had been rebellious since they left Egypt, a fact that they had conveniently forgot and needed to be reminded of. By contrast, God has, had always been faithful. He is still faithful to us, even when we are unfaithful to him. And we need to remember and remind each other of this. We need to remember where we've come from, how helpless we were, and how utterly without hope when God found us. This will humble us. They were told to remember these things and not forget. We are forgetful people. When Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper, he told us to do it in remembrance of him, so that every time we did it, we would recall his death until he returns. God told Moses the people had turned aside quickly from God's commandments. How quickly we are ensnared by sin. We need to be aware of our enemy's schemes, because he is, a prowling, he is prowling like a lion, ready to devour us. Therefore we must be diligent and on our guard. We should not be overconfident, but be careful not to fall. Moses recalls that three times he fasted for forty days and nights. Jesus fasted for forty days prior to his temptation in the wilderness. Moses interceded for the children of Israel many times. They had no real understanding of what they had been saved from, the wrath of God, or saved to inherit, the land of Canaan, which is a picture of heaven. Jesus interceded or prayed for the disciples and also for us, those who would believe through their word, 
um, and he is our intercessor and mediator. We really have no understanding of what we have been saved from, eternal punishment in hell or saved to inherit eternity in heaven. We owe everything to him, so he is the only one worthy of our worship. Moses gave examples of God's punishment of sin in his own people. God will do the same for believers, and some of that begins in this life. The Canaanites were being punished because of their wickedness. When someone asked Jesus about a horrific incident that occurred when people were murdered while worshipping, or others who were crushed by a tower, he moved the focus from the manner of their deaths to the state of their souls when they died. They needed to be ready for death at any moment as well, so that they wouldn't die in their sins. Now there were some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Jesus answered, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Or those eighteen who died when the tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think that they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. You've been listening to the podcast Bible Companion series by author P.H. Thompson. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and comment. Continue listening for Deuteronomy chapter 10. May God bless the study of his word.